As he did so, another horse kicked a loose stone that tumbled down the hillside. He saw a white face turn in his direction. The cowboy yelled and took off at a gallop. His companions glanced back, then joined him. With a shout, Lone Wolf charged down the hill. His men followed closely, the thunder of hooves all but drowned out by war cries. The chase was on. The cowboys turned west, a move that caught the Kiowa off guard. Then the cowboys turned south before starting a long sweeping circle to the east. Lone Wolf immediately swung southeast. They're trying to get home, he shouted over his shoulder. Grassland gave way to rocky flats. Almost at once, Boytail's horse slowed and whinnied in pain. Looking down, he saw jagged stone covered the land. He grunted. These white men weren't stupid. The unshod feet of the Kiowa horses were cut to pieces on the rocks. He dismounted and led the animal back to grass, stopping close to his leader. A dozen other warriors behind him did the same. Bear Mountain, Lone Wolf's lieutenant and possibly the largest Kiowa in the tribe, rode up. "'How's your pony?' the chief shrugged. "'He will be better once his feet are wrapped.' He strung his bow and pulled an arrow from the quiver. I see your horse is not hurt. I stopped when I saw what was happening to you. A slow smile spread across Bear Mountain's face. Sometimes it's a good thing not to be first. Lone Wolf returned the smile with a rueful grin. Sometimes. He pointed to a small stand of cattle nearby. Stringer bow, since the white man led us here, his meat can fill our bellies. Lone Wolf's brother, Red Otter, and the Owl Prophet, Mamonti, led their horses next to Lone Wolf's. The war chief regarded Mamonti. You said we would get a scalp today, Lone Wolf said. Mamonti scowled. The day is not over yet. When the sun sets, if you are still empty-handed, come to me then. Several calves were shot. The warriors cut long strips of hide from the animals and tied the still bloody skin to their horses' feet, a makeshift moccasin. Movement to the north caught Boytail's eye. As he stared, he saw strange forms moving rapidly along Salt Creek, obviously following the war party's path. When they got close enough to separate into individuals, he realized the group of riders were all wearing white hats. At Lone Wolf's command, the Kiowa climbed on their horses and rode up a long draw into the hills, each breaking off until their trail narrowed to one horse. The warriors circled back around on either side of the draw, dismounted, and waited. The last thing Major John B. Jones wanted was to tangle with a large party of Indians. He had arrived the previous day after a sixty-mile forced march based on a rumor of Indian trouble. Earlier that morning, he sent a patrol of rangers under a very young Lieutenant Wilson to find the trail. Now Jones and two dozen members of the newly formed Frontier Battalion of the Texas Rangers followed that trail. It was wide and well-worn. He estimated as many as fifty hostiles in the party, twice his number. Still, he wasn't worried. This mission was to locate and calculate the strength of the enemy. When the time came for attack, he had seventy-five more men waiting at the base camp.
Moving at a gallop, Jones and his men followed Salt Creek, passing the marker erected to the members of the Warren Wagon Train Massacre, a grim reminder of what determined Indians could do. They had passed the 15-mile mark, and the trail became fresher. They came to the western cross timbers and slowed. Here the land changed from grass to breaks, arroyos and dry stream beds cut between hills whose sides were covered in scrub brush and post oak. As the rangers entered a ravine known as the Lost Valley, they slowed more, then stopped. Another trail of unshod ponies clearly intersected with the one they had followed. Jones waved his cousin, Walter Robertson, forward. What do you think, Walt? he said, pointing at the tracks. Looks like they met up with another war party to you. I can't say, John. If they did, we'd be out.